Welcome to Newer Church with Corey Turner. We pray you encounter God and become more like Jesus through this message. To find out more, visit us at numa.church. And uh, I want you to go with me to Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 to 9. Galatians 3, 1 to 9. Cover a little bit more light on the platform. Yeah, just so I can read my Bible. Galatians 3, thank you. Galatians 3, 1 to 9. I was in prayer uh, over our holidays. How many know Christians, when you go on holiday, you don't stop praying? I'm not a professional. I'm a follower of Jesus. Don't switch on and switch off just because you're on holidays. Right, may, your workload may look different, but you're a full-time Christian. So you pray, you read your word. In fact, I've got so many messages percolating in my spirit. So I'm ready to splatter all over the walls. Galatians 3 verse 1. Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It's fairly strong, isn't it? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does He who supplies the Spirit to you and work miracles among you, do so by your works, your flesh, your observance of the law, or by hearing with faith. Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the Gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. What a promise. So then, it's not just Abraham's promise, it's ours. So then, those who are of faith, is anybody of faith in the room today? Are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Wow. I wanna speak to you for a few moments on this idea of hearing with faith. I believe the Lord wants to unblock our spiritual ears today. The ears of our heart, the ears of our spirit, hearing with faith. It was several years ago, I uh, took um, some friends and a team, the church I was leading at the time many years ago to paintball skirmish. And it was in an indoor facility somewhere here in Melbourne. And we went there and For those who may not be aware, paintball skirmish is where grown men and women get to live out their action movie childhood fantasies. And so for a few hours, you pretend to be every action hero you've ever seen and the inner child comes out. And so we went and played paintball skirmish and our, our friendship group, was our team was divided into two teams. We're opposing each other. My friend was on the other team 
and he aimed his paintball gun at me. Pray for me, I have PTSD still to this day. And uh, night terrors. And so there I am and he aims his paintball gun at me and he shoots the paintball. And here I've got the, the mask and the visor, which they say is to protect you. And by and large, it does, except on this day, the paintball pellet went through the air vents and went straight into my left ear. And immediate, thank you, I, I appreciate that vote of sympathy. And that empathy is just coming through. Others of you are like harden up. And, 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 and immediately there was ringing in my ear, but being a typical lad, you just keep on playing, right? And, um, and so there I am and we finish the scenario of the game. We go and have a break and I'm in the bathroom, the restroom, getting water. I'm trying to get the pain out of my ears. I can't hear anything. By that night, as I'm going to bed, it was a Saturday night, I can't hear anything out of my left ear. And I go into church the next day and I'm preaching. It didn't matter whether I preach good or bad. I can't hear encouragement or criticism. So I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just opening my mouth and hoping it hits someone somewhere. And so at the end of that time, my assistant took me to Box Hill Emergency in the hospital and a doctor who was there looked in my ear and saw that all of the paint had hardened around my eardrum. She began to talk about surgery and opening up my ear. I began to talk about a new hospital and a different doctor. And I said, hey, you, you, you're not opening my ear. There's no surgery. So you need to do something about this. Get other expert advice. So a specialist was called, he was off duty. And he recommended these nuclear powered eardrops that I would have to take three times a day for the next five days. And hopefully, hopefully, don't you love how I said that? Hopefully, uh, the paint will soften and come out. Well, it's a rather disconcerting thing that when you're in a shopping mall, all of a sudden white paint just starts to come out of your left ear. But praise the Lord, I was completely healed and no issues. Thank you, God, for medicine that helps us as well as faith. Well, just as my friend aimed his paintball gun at me, you need to understand that we have an adversary, we have an enemy called the devil who targets the believer's spiritual hearing. Because he knows that if he can block your ability to hear the voice of God, he can paralyse your faith. Because Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And many believers' faith is stunted in its development and its growth because they have partnered with or they've allowed their ear gate, the ear gate of their spirit, which is influenced by our eye gate, our mouth gate, our ears, our relationship, lots of different things. The ear gate of our spirit has been polluted and obstructed and blocked by the strategies of Satan, the deception of all sorts of things. What are some of the weapons that the enemy uses? He uses distractions. He uses your phone or your tech devices. He uses the opinions of people. Someone said opinions are like armpits. Everyone's got one, most of them stink. It's deep revelation for you today. But how many of us know if God's spoken to you something and then you go to this person for their opinion and that person for their opinion and that person for their opinion, you are gonna get paralysed in your outworking of what God has spoken to you because you're limping between two different opinions. And often 
where there is insecurity, a lack of identity. I'm all for godly counsel. Please seek your life group leader's counsel with a word from the Lord or seek guidance from a pastor, a leader. Receive of the Word. But sometimes we're consulting people's opinions rather than simply obeying and taking God at His Word and what He's asking us to do. Elijah said to Israel, how long will you go on limping between two different opinions? Now, if you are gonna subject that word or subject what it is that God's doing in your life to the authority, a spiritual authority of leaders and overseers and the Lord speaks to them and says, hey, you need to consider this, that and the other, then you need to pay attention to that. I'm not talking about following godly counsel. I'm talking about God spoken to you. Could be in your family, could be in your business, could be in an area of your life, but you've gone and consulted people's opinions and it has paralysed your faith from moving forward because your response is more rooted in the fear of man than in the fear of God. Another distraction is, or or should I say strategy, are the lies we believe about God and about ourselves. Many believers believe lies about uh, their identity, their calling, their gifts, what they're capable of. Satan is a master liar. He's the father of lies. He takes truth and he twists it. He distorts it, puts a little bit of error with a little bit of truth and and begins to bring deception. And and then what is birthed out of that is uh, false teaching, which is most relevant to this passage and the church in Galatia. A lot of believers have been, who've grown up in church may have been taught some unhelpful, unbiblical things about miracles, the power of the Spirit, about how spiritual authority should be exercised, about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And what can happen is, is that false teaching is like um, a doctrine of demons that comes and brings deception and binds you and restricts you and limits you. And this is what was happening in the church in Galatia. The Apostle Paul had ministered to them in such a way, he says in verse one, such compelling was the presentation of the Gospel that it was as if the Christians in Galatia, the Gentiles in Galatia had literally seen the crucifixion of Jesus before their very eyes. He's using a metaphorical picture to talk about the compelling presentation of the Gospel that He gave to them. The church was planted. They were birthed by the Spirit, in the Spirit, by faith in the Gospel. But false teachers have come in and now they are starting to sway, to persuade, to deceive these Christians, these Gentiles in Galatia to resort back to earning their salvation and their relationship with God by observance of the law by their own works. And they were promoting a justification by works through circumcision so that they wouldn't get persecuted by the Pharisees and religious zealots in Jerusalem because of their faith in the cross and what Jesus had done for them. And so often false teaching and the lies that we continue to believe or promote in the wider church is because it's rooted in the fear of man. And this is why the fear of man has to be broken over our lives. And we have to come into a healthy place of our identity. Now, it's so important that one of the, you understand that one of the most fundamental doctrines and realities of the Christian faith is that God 
is the living word that speaks. It isn't like God did speak and now for the last 2,000 years, He's been silent. He is a living word. Hebrews says, for the word of God is living. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, both both joint and marrow, able to discern the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. If you need surgery on your heart, the Word of God will do it. Sometimes it's like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. Other times it's like a surgical scalpel that roots out and cuts out that spiritual tumour that's growing in your heart. The Bible says in John 1, 1, that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus is the living Word. God is a communicator. Jesus said in John 20, uh, 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. That is a promise to believe, not a truth to argue or debate with. If you are a son and daughter of God, you can hear the voice of God. You can hear the living Word as you read the written Word. You see, what makes the written Word come to life is God's living Word. Jesus said in John 6, 63, for my words are spirit and life. If you have a relationship more with your Bible than you do with the living Word in the Word of God, then you are missing and you become legalistic and dogmatic, not just to yourself, but to other believers, okay? But what makes the Logos Word come to life is the inspiration of the Spirit through the Rhema-inspired Word of the Lord. Your Bible right now, I love my Bible. I read, try and read my Bible at least in some form every 20, 30 minutes. I wanna have the Word of God flowing through my spirit, flowing through my mind. I want it dripping out of every part of my brain, my, my heart, my spirit. I want it seeping out of my body. I want it in me. But this Bible is ink on a page. It's paper, it's bound with leather. But I wanna tell you, the Word of the Lord is not bound. It is alive, it's spirit and it's life. I want a relationship with the living Word, not just with simple words on a page. You can study the Bible as a literary work and it won't change you. You can go through your Bible reading plan every day and it won't change you. You've got to have an encounter. Oh Lord, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from Your Word. I want to have an encounter with the living Word. Your words are spirit and life. Now, biblically, there can only be one of three voices speaking to you at any one time. If a psychiatrist was preaching today, they would say, if you're hearing any voices, book an appointment with me but I'm a preacher of the Word, the living Word. And the living Word tells us there's three voices. Firstly, the voice of the Spirit. The voice of the Spirit is characterised by life. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life, life in all of its abundance, life in all of its fullness. Even when the Holy Spirit is speaking to correct you, it's to produce the fruit of life in you. It's not to punish you. It's not to diminish you. It's not to contain you. It's not to restrict you. Then there's the voice of the demonic, the voice of the demonic characterised, as we've heard before, lies. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. Satan just wants to be your friend to take something from you, not to add anything to you. 
Then there's the voice of your flesh. How many of us know that's the easiest voice? Because the voice you heard this morning when you woke up and said, just keep sleeping in. It's a voice you hear when you're eating your favourite food that could be a little bit naughty and says, take one more bite. The voice of the flesh is the voice of laziness. These three voices speak into our lives. And like we had in the first service, I believe if you are hearing particularly dark voices, demonic voices that has blocked your ability to hear the voice of God. I, in Jesus' Name, declare you're gonna be set free from that today. Darkness must flee as you come into submission to light. Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You submit first to light, to the illumination of who God is and then you resist You oppose that work of darkness, that voice of darkness in your life and He must flee. That is a promise to believe, okay? If the reason hearing is so critical is because everything we receive in the Kingdom of God is by God's grace, the power of the Spirit and your hearing with faith. Everything we receive in the Kingdom. What does the Bible say? In verse two, it says, did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? You got saved, not just by the finished work on the cross, but you hearing with faith. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You heard the Gospel with faith. That's why blessed are the feet of those who preach good news. How beautiful and blessed are the feet of those who shared the Gospel with you. And then God gave you the ability by His Spirit to hear with faith the implanted seed of God's Word in your heart and you are made alive with Christ. Everything, your salvation. Why is it that you can believe in the Word of the Lord and in the Gospel here with faith unto your salvation, but you can't believe for your healing? You can't believe for your financial breakthrough. You can't believe for your marriage to be restored, your family to be reunited. Why is that? Why do we bring one level of faith to one thing, but we dismiss it in every other area of our lives? If God didn't hold back His own Son, but did not spare Him, but gave it to us all, how much more will He give everything that pertains to life and godliness? He is the giver of every good gift. So you've got to stop thinking that it's just about you being saved, but God has a life in the Kingdom for you to live. Everything in the Kingdom is accessed by God's sovereign grace and your faith, partnered with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is why your flesh, Paul says, cannot perfect what the Spirit of God has begun in you. So stop trying to achieve what you just need to receive. Stop striving, start receiving. Many believers are striving, they're exhausted, they're tiring themselves out because they're trying to achieve through their own flesh what can only be, what was not only started but completed by the Spirit of God. The Bible says in verse 1, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It's very striking, aggressive sort of language. But that's literally what was happening because the word bewitched is language for pagan magic. 
And the word bewitch means to be charmed with error. It's, come un, it's to come under the influence of a spell. When you and I begin to believe, which is the height of arrogance, by the way, that our works, our efforts, our striving can perfect and secure and achieve what only God can perfect by His Spirit, we are living under the influence of a powerful spell that acts like a charm, that blinds us into a rat race on the rat on the wheel lifestyle of never going anywhere in God, but just going through the motions all the time, trying to break through and you never break through. Why? Because you're trying to perfect in your flesh. What only the Spirit can bring to completion. That's why Philippians 1.6 talks about He who began a good work in you, in me, I'm confident will bring to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That's why I'm... I'm not striving to somehow perpetuate or sustain the move of God here because we didn't start it. He did. So what is birthed in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will sustain as we partner in faith. What's birthed in the flesh, I and you have to sustain because it came from your efforts. It came from your works. It will always fall far short. People said to me, pastor said to me, how are you going to sustain this? I said, three anointed words. I don't know. Some of us feel like we've got to know everything. You're in a conversation with, you know, unsaved. You feel like you've got to know everything. I was in a, a taxi this week sharing my faith with a Muslim brother and he started to throw some things at me that, you know, made me have to do some twirls and curls and, okay, what, what on earth am I going to say to this? Because he's, there's a stronghold there in his mind. How am I going to approach this? And there were some things as I was talking with him, my spirit was like, you know, I don't know the answer to that, but God in His grace gives you the right word to say at the right time, even in the midst of not knowing. I don't know how we're gonna sustain this. So I went to the Lord and I said, how are we gonna sustain this? He said, wrong question. You didn't start it, so you don't have to sustain it. You just have to follow me, remain in me. How do you do that? You're here with faith. How do you move in the power of God? By the Spirit working through your hearing with faith. How do miracles happen? How do supernatural events and activities of the Spirit, how does a manifestation of the Spirit happen? Not just in being a holy um, dwelling place and a consecrated, set apart vessel for the Lord. It happens through your hearing with faith. And the closer you get to God, the more clearer you start to hear. Voice recognition is a byproduct of relationship. It's like growing up with my kids when they were little. We went to the Royal Melbourne Showgrounds for the Royal Melbourne Show. And for 15, 20 minutes, we lost Zach. You can't lose him now because he's too tall, right? Head and shoulders. But at that time, little kid. And so um, we weren't paying attention. Terrible parenting. And... He wanders off and your head goes in all the bizarre, crazy places. What's happened to him? I start to run through the crowd. Zach, where are you? I'm yelling at the top of my I don't care when you're a father that wants your son back with you. You don't care what anyone thinks. Our heavenly Father will move heaven and earth to get to you. 
He's not intimidated by the opinions of your mum and dad or your family or what has gone on in your circumstances. If you come to Him with childlike faith, He will break through the crowd to get to you. Even while that prodigal son was a long way off, the father ran to him. And so as a father made in the image of a heavenly father, my son is lost, I'm running, I'm seeking. And all of a sudden out of the crowd, Zach bursts through in his tears and he runs up to me, wraps his arms around me. And the first words out of his mouth is, Dad, I could hear you calling out my name. He came to recognise the nuances, the tonality, the distinctiveness of his father's voice. How do you move into the way, the truth and the life of Jesus? You spend so much time in close proximity with the way, the truth and the life that you come to know his tonality, his distinctiveness. He just glances your way. You say, yep, we're moving this way. He speaks in something and you don't sit there and go, did he, didn't he? You move, why? Because there's this confidence that comes through history with God. All you can pass on to others is, your history with God. What is ministry? History with God being passed on. It's not you sitting in a room and concocting and preparing a beautiful document of, you know, enlightened work for the world to see. It's your encounters with God that you pass on to others. You are the living letter that is being read to the world. It's what's being scripted on your heart that comes out of your mouth that changes people's lives. It's not what you know in your head alone. It's what you have experienced in your spirit and in your heart and it's become a part of you. Why? Because God anoints authenticity. That's why I believe Ben Fitzgerald's word about reduce me to Jesus at conference was so important. If you haven't seen it, go online to the YouTube channel, watch it. It'll challenge you, but it'll call you higher. Why? Because we are not to be those who simply have the appearance or the form of godliness, but the power of godliness in our lives. We are, we are cursed as a modern church with a form of godliness, but we've denied the power of it. We need the power of God. The Kingdom of God does not consist in talk or language alone, but power. That power is accessed as you hear with faith. That hearing can come in different forms. How many of us know God's first language isn't English, it's spirit. It's not French, it's not Canadian. I don't even know what that means. I know they speak English and French. It's not Bahasa, Indonesian, it's not wherever you're from, it's spirit. God speaks in spirit. He speaks in pictures, words, dreams, impressions, burdens, visions, closed visions, open visions, body checks. He speaks lots of different ways. So we're gonna cultivate this relationship with the Lord that we begin to discern how does God speak to us? And then when you think you've got it all worked out, He changes how He speaks to you. It's like, where did He just go? And sometimes He isn't hiding from you, He's hiding for you because He doesn't want you to rely upon a formula. He wants you to rely upon a person, a relationship because if you rely on the formula, you'll miss the person. The Pharisees relied on the formula of the Word. They missed the person the Word was pointing to. 
He said, you study the Scriptures because you think that there's the power of God in it. You know neither the Scriptures nor the power of God because that Scripture speaks of the very person who's standing in front of you and you've missed Him. And many churches are missing the very person of the Holy Spirit that the Scriptures point to and speak to because we've got locked into our works and our ways and we've stopped hearing with faith. King Saul stopped hearing with faith and he presumed upon the sacrifice and he stopped obeying the Word of the Lord and he went and he took upon himself that which was set apart for the prophet and the prophet came and said, the kingdom has been torn from you. You have presumed and he said, but I'm offering up as a sacrifice. And he said, oh, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. Stop trying to perfect in your own effort what can only be perfected by the Spirit. It isn't just miracles that are accessed by hearing with faith. It's your identity in Christ. It's sonship. And you notice in the back part of this passage, Paul has a lot to talk about with Father Abraham as not only a son of God who heard the word of promise through faith, but a father of faith who gave birth to two sons. These two sons were both blessed, but one of them was birthed of the flesh and the other was birthed through promise. One was born of the slave woman and the other was born of the free woman. And when Abraham stopped hearing with faith, he tried to perfect in his flesh. Through striving, he tried to attain the promise of God through striving in his own flesh by sleeping with his wife's servant, Hagar, to bring to pass the will of the Lord, the promise of the Lord. And the Lord said, my blessing will be on that child because I blessed you, Abraham. But the promise of you being a father of many nations will primarily come through the son of promise. And what Paul does in this passage, he says, now those who are of faith are sons of God. Sons of the promise, not just sons of Father Abraham, the man of faith, but sons and daughters of God. And then he spends the rest of the chapter and into the rest of Galatians talking about sonship and what it means to be adopted as God's sons. It is all through hearing with faith. You see, the blessings of God's promises in your life can only be accessed by hearing with faith, not by your flesh, not by your works. You can't strive enough. You can't work hard enough to get God's blessings on your life. You'll exhaust yourself. You'll kill yourself. You'll die premature death trying to attain that which only can come through faith. Everything in Hebrews 11 that the heroes of faith possess, they possessed by hearing with faith. Everything in my life that that God has brought in supernaturally to my life never happened through my efforts. It happened through hearing with faith. You say, well, what does James say? Faith apart from works is dead. Yeah, but before your works of obedience, you need to hear with faith the Word of the Lord. It would be premature of Peter to step out of the boat and try to walk on water. But first he heard the Word of the Lord. 
Come. If he'd have walked out on his presumption, he would have sunk straight away. But he stepped out in faith because he heard the Word of the Lord. He heard with faith. Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come to you on the water. Come, steps out, defies the laws of gravity, walks on top of the water. It was only as he took his eyes off Jesus, looking to Jesus, the perfecter and uh, author and perfecter of your faith. It was only as he took his eyes off Jesus that he began to sink. Some of you are sinking in your circumstances right now for one of two reasons. One, you're trying to perfect in your own strength what God can only do by His Spirit. Or secondly, you've stopped looking at Jesus and you've started to look at something else. Now, I am not saying that if you are facing an adverse circumstance in your life right now, that you are not of faith. Because how many of us know we have an adversary that attacks us? And spiritual attack comes against us. But I declare over you today, no weapon formed against you shall prosper in the mighty Name of Jesus. There are 5,476 promises in the Word of God. Which one of them are you partnering in faith with? Because those promises will not be accessed or be established in your life apart from hearing with faith. I think it was Phil Pringle, founding father of the C3 movement, said that in his ministry, he'd only ever believed and conceived 12 verses of Scripture, 12 promises. And there's over a thousand churches in their movement. That's not bad. Miracles all over the world. Millions of dollars of raised for mission. And he believed and conceived 12 promises. What if you were to do half of that? What could God do in your family, your business, your body, in your life right now? A lot of this I didn't say in the first service because this is a revelation word for you right now. I wanna tell you, why is it that two people hearing the same word can produce two different types of fruit? One hundredfold, one thirtyfold, maybe no fold. It isn't because there's an issue with the transmitter. The transmitter of God's promises and word, the seed of God's word carries a necessary sperma in it to conceive something in your spirit. So what seed means in the Greek. The issue is with the receiver. This is what the parable of the sower is about. Why did seed, same seed, scattered on different soil, Different environments, why did the last seed produce fruit? Because it was all determined by the condition of the soil, the condition of the heart that we receive the Word in. If this Word is gonna produce fruit in your life, it requires hearing with faith, not just hearing, hearing with faith. So I wanna encourage you today to stop trying to achieve God's promises and just start to receive God's promises by faith. And then whatever else God asks you to do out of that, step out in faith and be obedient and watch what God does. Yield your mind, yield your soul, yield your body, yield all you are to the Holy Spirit and let that Word of faith come and live inside of you. Some of us are approaching our relationship with God and our prayer lives a little bit like I shared in the first service. It's almost like, you know, if I was to give my Bible to Pastor Cherie and uh, Cherie's got my Bible and I said, here, you can have that. I want, I want it to be a blessing to you in your life. 
And then five minutes later, Pastor Sheree comes up to me and she's, she's on her knees begging me with tears, Pastor Corey, can you please give me your Bible? And, and I'm trying to compute. I'm like, what, what do you mean? What the heck? I've already given you my Bible. You've already received it. And this is what a lot of believers do in their life when it comes to Ephesians 1.3. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, past tense. It's not something you're trying to attain to by faith. It's something you already have. Stop trying to achieve the blessings of God and hear with faith and receive. We walk by faith and not by sight. And today in this room, God is going to, by His Spirit, power blast every obstruction from your spiritual hearing out of your heart. I remember one time on holidays, I was in the swimming pool, this is years ago, and all the pool water uh, at the resort got into my ears and I was like, what's going on with my ears? <laughs> Makes for good illustration. And so... Uh, and I can't hear anything. And so we go to the doctor, a friend who was a doctor, and he got that power blast of water. And that, that living water blasted away all of the obstruction in the ear. It was not a great sight for my wife and kids who were watching. And, uh, and all this stuff came out. And guess what? I could hear again. You know what the living water of God's Word does in your spirit? It power blasts all the obstacles, all the build-up of all the nasties, all the distractions, all the other competing voices just fall away. The entrance of your Word brings light. Thank you for listening to Numa Church with Corey Turner. We pray that you have been blessed by today's message. Please follow us on our social media platforms and visit our website, numa.church.